All right, I want you to turn to someone next to you and I want you to tell them, this is a little bit weird, tell them happy birthday. <laughs> now let me explain why you told the person next to you happy birthday. Because it was this week, 62 years ago, that this church was organized. So this is our 62nd anniversary this week. So happy birthday, everyone. <laughs> happy birthday, church. This church started just down on Cox Road um, in a house, and it's been in three different locations, that house and then the church right there on Westchester Road, and then this location. There have been a lot of changes over the years. Um, the, we have, we've had seven, I'm the seventh pastor of the church, and I was just thinking about this the other day and thinking, you know, through all of the days of the church, lots of different things have happened. Pastors have changed, buildings have changed, um, music has changed, styles have changed, what we wear has changed. But you know what hasn't changed? That God is good and God is faithful. So as we celebrate our 62nd anniversary today, I just want to say God is faithful and I am thrilled to be a part of what God's doing here at Westchester Church. I hope you are too. And so God is faithful. God is good. Today um, is the first Sunday of the new year, and, and we're going to start talking about a new series called Be Still. And so in this series, over these next, um, this week and three more weeks, what we're really going to be looking at is the different parts of Scripture where God calls us to be still and to take time and to quiet our hearts and to experience God. And so there's, there's going to be different um, facets to that. But, but the idea is this. We are so busy. I know that you're busy. We just came through Christmas. And, and I know that you guys are busy. And I know that there's a lot going on in your lives. But I believe if nothing else in January, you can take time to be still every day and be in the presence of God. I think that you are going to experience God's glory in a way that will blow you away. And so be still. That's what we're talking about for the next four weeks. I need to tell you about something that's happening in my house. This, um, this isn't an uncommon occurrence, but um, right now, my four-year-old Charlie, or Chuck E. Cheesecake, or whatever I call him, I call him a lot of different names. Dobie is one of my names for him. Charlie, he's one of the most fun boys in the whole world. He keeps us laughing. He keeps us on our toes. He, he can be a handful. Um, but right now, Charlie is obsessed. He is consumed by a game. It's monster trucks. He, he loves monster trucks. And so right now, Charlie is consumed with the monster truck app on the iPad. And so every morning, Charlie wakes up. The first thing he does is he runs into my room and he says, where's the iPad? What, what did, did you play last night? Did you get me a new truck? Did you get me a new course? And he's so excited. And then he'll come up to me just, I mean, just about any time he'll come up with the iPad and, and want to play monster trucks with me. And I love that. I, now, I know as a parent, maybe it's not the most healthy thing for my kid to be always playing. And we try to be careful not to let that happen. But man, I love that he is just so into this. And I love that we can sit down and play together. The other day I called home. And, and Megan was talking to me, and she said, you'll never guess what Charlie's doing. And then Charlie ran up and said, you'll never guess what I'm doing. I'm not playing monster trucks. And I said, really? What are you doing? He said, I'm just kidding. I'm playing monster trucks. <laughs> because that's what he is consumed by. Charlie is not alone in this. 
I think if we're all honest with ourselves, we would admit that we are easily consumed. Has there been anything in your life over the last year, two years that's just consumed you? I was thinking about this, um, there's, there's social media, and, and honestly, in this um, January prayer and fasting thing, one of the things that I decided to do was to not get on social media anymore, and part of the, part of, just for this January, and part of that is that I want to take time that I typically would spend, you know, browsing through, looking at stuff, I want to spend that time focusing on God. And so that's one of the things that I'm fasting in this January prayer and fasting thing is social media. And it's really funny because this morning I sat, I was sitting in the the kids' clubhouse. Um, Megan was running a little bit late and I needed to be in there to, um, you know, just in case people showed up. And I was looking at the clubhouse and I was thinking, man, Emily did a great job decorating this clubhouse, setting up her series that's coming up. If you get a chance Later on, you should just walk by. She did a phenomenal job with this series and this set design that she has. And I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pop on Facebook, and I'm going to take a picture, and I'm going to say, isn't Pastor Emily great? And I picked up my phone, and I thought, wait a minute. I am three hours into this fasting thing, and I'm getting ready... (laughs) And you don't understand, I don't even post on Facebook. If you're my friend, you probably have never seen anything from me. And here I am three hours into my fast wanting to break it. But, but man, we get consumed with things, don't we? Charlie actually gets that from me. I used to play Tetris so much that I would go to bed at night and I wouldn't be able to sleep because all I could think about was Tetris pieces falling and fitting them where they go and clearing four lines. And I'm telling you, I'm not joking, Dr. Mario on Nintendo, I, it's, it's similar to Tetris. And I could sit there and play it all night and then I try to go to bed and I can't stop thinking about it because it consumes me. I don't know if there's something like that in your life, but we are easily consumed. It may not be, it's probably not video games for you, but maybe it's your health. I remember somebody um, speaking a couple years ago, and they stood before us um, and, and told us, they said, you know what, I have been so obsessed with getting in shape that it has consumed me and become a god to me, and all I think about is my fitness, we are, we are easily consumed. It's football season. It's playoffs. It's easy to be consumed. And so, so I want us to understand in this series, Be Still and Know, I want to just up front right now say if there's one thing you walk away from this January series with, it's that I want you to be consumed with the glory and the power and the love of God. And so... It's true, we're easily consumed, but we need to make sure that we are consumed by God's presence. So, so we're going to kick this series off with a, pas- a passage that, that's it's widely quoted. It's something you've probably seen on Facebook, you've probably heard people say it, you've probably, you've probably, there's lots of songs that quote this passage, it's Psalm 46, and, and you've already heard it several times in this service, be still and know that I am God. I think this is the perfect passage for us to kick off our new year with because we are easily consumed, but I believe, I believe that the best thing we can do in this new year is to be still and know that he is God. 
Psalm 46, I want to read this with you real quick. Psalm 46. And just in the inscription right below Psalm 46, it says, For the director of music of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song. I got a big kick out of this. (laughs) Because it says, this is a song of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, But it says, for the director of music. And I just thought, this is pretty typical in churches, right? Where people are like, hey, I've got a song for you. You need to play this song. I do this with Adam all the time. Adam, i got a song for you. Check this out. And so here it is, Psalm 46 is a song for the song director for the worship of God. Here it is. God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble, Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose stream, streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her and she will not fall. God will help her at at the break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. But he lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Verse 8 says, Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow. He shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. That's the song of worship in Psalm 46, and there's a lot there, so I want us to look at it. First off, it starts by saying, God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. And everyone says, yeah, I'm in. God is our refuge and our strength, and we will not fear. But then... Then it starts listing some things that are pretty rough. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake with their surging, are are you getting the picture? He says, God is our refuge and our strength. He's always with us, so we will not fear. And then he lists the things that we might fear, and if we're being honest, they're things that we fear, aren't they? Yes? No, I'm alone. Okay, I'm, that's fine. Going down into verse 6, it says nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. I don't, I don't know if it, this resonates with any of you, but, but the idea of nations being in turmoil, our government's not currently operating because our nation seems like it's in constant turmoil. We can't get along. We, we can't agree on things. And and so at first, it's like, yeah, God's our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in our time of need, and and I'm not going to fear. But then, then all of a sudden, we start to see the, the difficulties. The earth is falling apart. Nations are falling apart. The roaring sea, there's, there's natural disasters. There's been natural disasters all over this year, right? And if you turn on the news... They make a big deal out of it. And so the psalmist starts 
by saying God is our refuge and our strength and then lists all of these things that could consume us, that could become problems for us. Let's face it, we are easily consumed by danger, aren't we? One of the things that has consumed churches over the past few years, one of the things that's consumed our country over the past few years is the idea of safety. Because of the shootings that have happened, because of the things that have happened in churches and schools, we are consumed as a nation, as churches, we are consumed with safety. It seems like half of what's talked about. We're consumed with natural disasters. When a hurricane comes, you can't turn on the news without seeing reporters fake blowing over. (laughs) I don't know if you guys saw that, but the reporter that was like standing there like, and then guys are just walking by like normal. And we're easily consumed (laughs) by fear. In fact, I was thinking about security issues, natural disasters, economic troubles, or even good economic things. How many how many pictures did you see last week of people that got gas for really cheap? I saw like a hundred because we're easily consumed by economics or war, stuff like that. This stuff consumes us. But the psalmist starts by offering the solution before we even get to the problems, and that's this, that God is our refuge and our strength. God is an ever-present help in trouble, and therefore, we will not fear. Those are good words there. God is our refuge. God is our strength. God is always with us when we're in trouble. So we will not fear. I was thinking about the reason that so many people, the reason that the news spends so much time spreading fear. Why is that? It's because we watch it. It's because we're consumed by it. The reason they make such a big deal out of all these storms is because they know that we will tune in because we get consumed by it. But the psalmist says, even when you're in trouble, even when it seems like the the country, the nation, the world around us is falling apart, even when it seems like natural disasters are all over the place, even when it seems like you're not safe in your own church or your own home, God is our refuge. And so, good news today, God is always with us, and we have no need to fear. This Hear that again. God is always with us, and we have no need to fear. As we start 2019, the first Sunday of 2019, don't let fear, don't let chaos consume you, but understand that you worship a God that is with you and that is above the chaos. In fact, The psalmist goes on in in verse 4 and contrasts what he's just said about the earth falling apart and all the bad things. Contrasts in verse 4 by saying, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. And then listen to this. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Why is it good news that God is with us? Because unlike the world that crumbles and falls and is chaotic, unlike nations that fall apart and fight and shut down, guess what? God won't. 
God will never fall. In fact, the psalmist, this song uses the same wording, the same wording that they used for the earth. It said the mountains will fall into the sea. It says the city of God will not fall. So the psalmist is making a point here. It's not just, oh, God is with us, woo. It's God will not fail. And the reason we can live without fear, without being consumed by fear, is because God's kingdom, God will not fail, will not fall. And so we have an ever-present help in our time of need. And that's good news. God is our refuge. There's nothing to fear. Well, at verse 8, it seems like the psalm shifts, so it's talked about, it's talked so far about difficulty and calamity, and it's talking about God being our refuge, but in verse 8, it seems like there's a shift. It says this, come and see what the Lord has done. Come and see what the Lord has done. It calls us away from the idea of, of danger and help and refuge and calls us to focus on God. It says, come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he's brought to the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow. He shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. And so it gives us this picture of how powerful and how mighty God is. And it calls us to come and see who God is. I'm convinced that if we will take time to see the power and the glory of God at work, we will not fear the things that threaten us. It says, come and see. It shifts from this trouble to, to focusing on who God is and God's power and glory. Come and see. And then in verse 10, the voice shifts from, from a calling there to, to God speaking. And in verse 10, we hear those famous words, those repeated words. He says, be still and know that I am God. But we can't separate that with the next two phrases. We, we like to quote, be still and know that I'm God. And if we quote that, it's easy to think that that's about a quietness or a, a pausing or an inactivity, but, but we can't split that from the rest of that. It says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And, and so this is calling us to experience, to know God, but this isn't a gentle, hey, I'm God. Hey, you should check me out sometime. I'm God. Hey, I'm really cool. You know, just spend a moment and think about me. That's not what this is saying. This is a command. This is saying, be still and know that I am God. And then it says, I will be exalted. I will be exalted among the nations. <coughs> Excuse me. I will be exalted in the earth. We can't split those up. This isn't a passive calling. I remember, how many of you watched Saturday Night Live when you grew up? Anybody? Okay, one of my favorites was Chris Farley. Um, and Adam Sandler, and they did this skit. It was called The Hurley Boy. And in that skit, Adam Sandler was this timid young man that wanted to do a, house, uh, a, a housekeeping or a um, or, you know, house-sitting service. And Chris Farley was kind of his hype man. And he would stand there and he would say, let me stay in your house. I'll take good care of it. 
I won't break anything. Just let me stay in your house. And, and then Chris Farley would say, let the boy stay in, his ha- in your house. Come on. He's a good boy. Let him. And then he'd say, let me take care of your stuff. Come on, just let me. And then Chris Farley would, come on. He, he'll take care of you. This is Chris Farley, not Adam Sandler. This isn't God saying, hey, I'm good. Could you check me out sometime? This is God commanding, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Don't hear this as a passive call to be quiet. Hear this as an emphatic command to experience God as God. Nothing else should take precedence in our life. We talked about the things that consume us, the fears, but let's be honest, there's a lot more that consumes us than fear. Work can consume us. Hobbies, video games, sports can consume us. Success can consume us. Our family can consume us. All of these things can can take number one in our life and become the main thing that we think about. Money can consume us. And what this is saying is nothing else takes precedence over God. Be still and know that I am God. Not that other junk. Not fear. Not money. I'm sorry for calling your family junk. Not your family. Not not your friendships. Not your relationship. None of that stuff is God. Be still and know that I am God. What if your number one goal this year, what if the number one thing you sought after this year was to experience God in all his glory? I know that you've got goals. I know that you probably want to lose some weight. I know that you probably want to make more money. I know that you want to spend more time with your kids. I know that you want to do all of those good things. Those are all good things. But what if our number one goal was for God to be God in our lives. That's what this is talking about. It's not a passive thing. It's saying, be still and know that I am God. (coughs) That's where we need to be. That's what this series is all about, is us taking time to focus on who God is and to allow God to be number one in our life. So how do we do that? There's a couple different ways that, that people look at this verse. As I studied, I'll be honest with you, as I planned this series, I thought that this verse was about being quiet, just taking quiet time and sitting down and being still. But the truth of the matter is, that's not what it's saying. What this is really saying is, stop striving. Stop working against God. Stop putting other things in God's place. Stop it. Be still and acknowledge that God is God. So, yes, there's an element of stillness, but really this isn't about quiet, this isn't about inactivity, this is about our focus. It's about understanding that God is the one true God and letting God be God. So, so how do we do this? Well, I, I know that I just told you that it's not about being still, but I'll be honest with you, in our culture, I think we have to be still in order to allow our focus to be on God. You guys are busy. You have, you have different things going on. You've got kids' sports take over our lives, don't they? Real sports that we watch take over our lives. Our families take over our lives. We need to be still 
and know that he is God. There's a, there's a word that keeps popping up in this psalm, and it, you didn't see it in this scripture because it was out of the new NIV, but if you look at the King James or if you look at the old NIV or other translations, there's a word that you'll see a lot in the psalms that's actually in Psalm 46 three times. It's the word selah. It sits there right after verse 3. It sits there after verse 7, and it sits there after verse 11, and I'm not sure why they took it out of this text other than I think they don't know exactly what it means, but this word selah is about pausing, is about taking time to reflect. And so if you think about it, there, people think it's either a musical term or it's, it's an idea of taking time to reflect on what's been said. So if you think about it, the psalm says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, the mountains quake with their surging. Selah. And it, it means take a moment and think about what was just said. Think about what this is saying. And then it goes on and talks about there's a river whose stream make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her and she will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Think about that. Think about that. And then it goes on, and once again at the bottom it says, The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. And it's this idea of stopping, pausing, and thinking about who God is. Thinking about what's been said. And so even though the idea of be still and know that I am God is not necessarily talking about a pause, I think the way that we need to do this is we need to proactively find ways to pause our busy schedules, to pause the things that happen in our lives that tend to consume us, and to focus on God. I talked about it. I, I don't want to be on social media for the next month because I want that time to be devoted to God. I don't want to play little games. I do want to play games with Charlie, but I don't want to, I don't want to play little games on my phone. I don't want to scroll through social media. I don't want to spend time doing things that, that are just passing time. I want to experience God. That's what fasting is all about, is that we would take something that we usually do and that we would give that time to focus and experience God. And so that's what this is all about, this sila. Even in the setup of the Psalms, there's an emphasis on pausing and seeing who God is. This isn't the first time that we hear the, the command to be still, be silent, to take time. In fact, in the Ten Commandments, it says, it says for us to honor the Sabbath. God commands us to take time and rest. Many times through Scripture, God says, Think about this, pause, rest, reflect. We're going to talk next week. Jesus, in the middle of his ministry, consistently took time to pause and pray. This is what we are called to do. So why did God command us to honor the Sabbath? Why does God command us to be still? This is why. When we neglect to be still, we set ourselves up to be consumed by the things that keep us busy. Think about this. When we neglect to pause and be still, we set ourselves up to be consumed 
by the things that keep us busy. So this is how it happens. Oh, it's Sunday morning. I got a lot to do today. I'll, you know what? It's not a big deal if I, if, I, if I miss church. It's not a big deal if I miss worshiping God this week. So I'm just going to take today and I'm just going to do this that I'm busy with. And then Monday comes around. Oh, man, I got a lot of work to do. I know I need to read scripture. I, I know that I should be praying, but I got to get this work done. Work isn't going to wait for me to pray. And then Tuesday comes and, oh, I've got two kids' practices and I... I, can't, I mean, I got to be at their practices, right? They, they'll get in trouble if they're not there. And then Wednesday comes, and all of a sudden, the things that we keep ourselves busy with tend to consume us, and you've experienced this before. All of a sudden, you're not even thinking about the almighty creator God. All you're thinking about is the things that consume you. And so stop allowing things to take our focus from God, I'm not saying you can't do those things, but I'm saying God comes first. God is God. And so guess what? You may have to take time where you could be making money and give it to God. You may have to take time where, where you might have to prioritize being in God's presence rather than staying busy with other things. Because when we allow everything else to dictate our lives, and we do, we're, I'm guilty of this, when we allow everything else to dictate our lives, we are neglecting to let God be God. And this scripture, Psalm 46, is a command to let God be God in your life. Be still and know that I am God. And so this, this song, the psalmist gives us overwhelming proof. God is God. Everything else falls apart. Everything else will, will crumble, but God will never fail. This is who God is. Now be still and know that I am God. As we move through this month, <clears throat> uh, we're going to look at some other instances that God calls us to be still, but I want to challenge you over the next four weeks to spend time and do what we're commanded to do in this psalm. I want you to take time and I want you to focus yourself on who God is. How can you do that? Well, well, first of all, every day you need to take time to be still, to put God first, find an opportunity to, to pray, find an opportunity to read God's word. Don't settle for a, for a little G God's you can experience the almighty God. And so this four weeks is not just about praying and fasting because that's what church people do. This is about God being number one in our lives and being consumed by the almighty God. And so how are we doing that? Well, number one, every day, I want you to pray. I want you to read scripture. This is a prayer and fasting month. If there's something you feel like maybe is consuming you, I want you to consider taking the time that you spend on that and giving that to think about and pray to God. It could be social media, it could be whatever, but I want you to think about fasting for the next four weeks and I want you to give something, something up that you can focus that time and energy on God. There are devotional guides that, that have been created. They're going to be in, the, in all of the exits, in the foyers, everywhere. If you didn't get one of those yet, grab it. It's a good way to walk through this, to keep yourself. There's, there's a place to take notes that you can pause and be still. Sunday nights, um, there's a 5 o'clock 
um, Daniel fast group that's meeting at 6 o'clock. Um, the, the Sunday night praise is meeting, and we're going to be talking more about prayer and fasting and, and, and then operating in a, in a mode of prayer. I want to challenge you to spend this time praying. If you're not connected to a group of people, I want you to find a group of people that you can meet with and pray in these next three, four weeks. I want you to take the time to experience who God is and to let God be number one in your life. Listen, please, please don't miss this opportunity. There are a lot of things that can consume you. They will all leave you empty. But God, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Don't miss it. God is the one true God. Pastor Adam's going to come, and, and as we close this service, we're going to do something very different. As we close this service, we're just going to spend some time, and we're going to be silent. He's going to lead us in a little bit of singing, and when he's done singing, we're going to just put the words up on the screen, be still and know that he is God, and I want you to take that couple minutes that we spend in silence, and I want you to really focus on God. Can you do that for me? I don't want you to pull your phone out and start texting people. I don't want you to scroll through it. I don't want you to pick up the thing in front of you and, and read the card in front of you. I want you to really focus yourself on experiencing God. This is practice for what we're going to do all month. And so we're going to sing together. And then after that, just take some time and really focus on God. And then we'll close in prayer.